We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. We've got a lot of stuff to break down around the NBA. But first and foremost, Keith, I'm excited. This weekend was a great basketball weekend. And it's not just because the Lakers pulled off a win over the Warriors. LeBron at 56. Look, that that, that, that doesn't hurt (laughs) my mood. I'll tell you that. But Lakers stuff aside... This was a fun basketball weekend filled with a number of great games. And I'll tell you what, the playoff vibe is in the air. Like the games we saw this weekend, they had definitely a playoff feel to them. And that's just got me that much more excited for the postseason coming up. Yeah, I you know, I was trying to find on YouTube and I couldn't find a good one. I was going to play. Uh, it's a Christmas song, but the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Like, come on now. We get the NCAA, not our favorite thing in the world, but conference tournaments this week. So we got basketball all day long. Uh, then, you know, the NBA is heating up. We've Then we've right in the NCAA tournament next week. Even though I'm out on college basketball, for the most part, I still love the tournament. It's still one of my favorite things that there's and Friday still two of my most favorite days of the year but yeah it, it was an amazing weekend yeah between the uh you know the games on um Saturday night their the early game Sunday the Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. Sunday night I mean we had incredible individual performances some really fun games to watch so yeah man it's uh th- this to me speaks to the quality of the league like we we've got a lot of really good teams right now. I threw out a, a comment on Twitter, and I think it was something effective like I wouldn't mind seeing Nets Celtics in the playoffs, or maybe it was a, one of the other matches. But anyway, I threw out there the, a combination of two teams, and I was like, man, the, this is so much fun. This is great. And people in my mentions were saying, well, what about this team? What about this this team? What about that yeah. team? And I'm like, that's that's part of the point. How amazing is this that right now you could say. All of these playoff playoff matchups would be so much fun, and we have no idea who is going to win it. I love it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like we're just waiting, yeah. right? On a, uh, you know, where we're like for so long, it felt like we were just waiting on Cavs and Warriors, right? For for so many years running, and now we're we're not waiting on that anymore, and that that's awesome. And it's really funny because I think if we go all the way back, I mean, we probably said it. There were probably a lot of people who thought. Nets Lakers is kind of fait accompli before the season started. And as the old saying goes, this is why you play the games, right? Or uh, I forget which one it was who used to say it on SportsCenter. Games are not played on paper. They're played out in tiny television sets all across your country. Now on gigantic flat screen TVs uh, all yes. across the, the country. That <laughs> Yes, and it's the changing world that we live in. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun lately. And I hope that this is something that continues on as we ramp up 
towards the NBA playoffs. Uh, you did mention the Cavs and the Warriors, so I'm going to use that as my springboard into our first unfortunate story. Jared Allen, uh, fractured finger, yeah. and he's going to miss some time now. The Cavs have already been sliding a bit in the East, and this is this is just another blow for this team. This is not what you want to see. Now, hopefully he's back, you know, playoff time, he'll be good and all, all of that, but still, this is a tough blow. I mean, this guy is an all-star or was an all-star this season. Losing him is not going to be easy for Cleveland. No, it's not, and they – did, I mean, they do have front court depth, mm-hmm. right? They they basically play three bigs in their opening group, but they've got Kevin Love, they've got Dean Wade coming off their bench, so they do have some some bigs to go to. But yeah, I mean, this is a huge loss for them. It's uh, came out a little bit later today. The Cavs released an official update that he has a fractured left middle finger, so that's kind of tough because that's not an easy one to yeah. tape either um it's not like taping a pinky or your ring finger to to your pinky that's you know you almost then have to tape it to to your middle finger or to your um uh, index finger so that becomes a little tricky but uh yeah so we'll see you know what happens ultimately with with um you know jared allen but it's hopefully this is only a couple weeks maybe that he's out and you know they're able to figure out a way for him to get out there and play maybe not even that but yeah they they need to get it sorted because they are now uh they're they they won yesterday, despite Allen going out after playing only 10 minutes. But they're now a game behind Boston um, for the fifth spot. They're uh, still three up on Toronto. That was a big win, mm-hmm. getting that win. That was a you know, uh, uh, surprisingly big game uh, in the Eastern Conference because of those two teams being right there. So let's see where this goes. But, yeah, that's definitely a blow. Yeah, yeah certainly a tough one and not what you want to see as they start to ramp up the playoffs. But, again, hopefully everything by, by playoff time, hopefully everything will be – fine there with him uh speaking of the- on the plus side yeah. for the Cavs sorry it sounds like Karis LeVert and Rajon Rondo are not far off from getting back into the lineup for them so that is you know that is good news that's absolutely important to note uh the Milwaukee Bucks uh Brooke Lopez starting to get work back in and they could use him you know Sergi Baca mm-hmm. it's been a little hit and miss there for for him in the middle Bobby Portis of course has been doing great holding down the fort but Brooke Lopez has been a big part of what they've done and if they can get him back for playoff time that'll certainly help and they already look very very good i mean chris middleton went nuts the other day that was that was another fun matchup when we got to see uh the bucks and the suns but uh brooke lopez coming back certainly wouldn't hurt uh milwaukee's chances of repeating yeah no they, they've won four in a row to climb up to third in the east now the bulls have lost four in a row they've dropped to to fourth but that that two is Philadelphia, three is Milwaukee, four is Chicago, five Boston, six is Cleveland. There's two and a half games separating Philly and Cleveland, um, two through six. So there's still a lot to be decided in the East. And a lot of those teams still have games against each other the rest of the way, which is also going to be uh, important. Miami has created a little bit of separation now at the top of the conference. They are three games up on both the Sixers and the Bucks at the top. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. But it wouldn't shock me if we wind up with Milwaukee as the, as the, well, I mean, Philly's been playing great too, man. The East is so, it's so <laughs> I'm looking at the Easter conference table thinking, who do you even want to like there? I don't even think you can look at this with any kind of real, like, Hey, we really want to see this team in this round or whatever. like, there's so many good teams here. It's going to be uh, getting through the Eastern conference is going to be a gauntlet. It's not going to be easy. Well, and think about if you're Miami 
or whoever finishes in two, your reward for that could be the Nets. Oh. Right? Like that's that's just feels like we worked all season for yeah. this. Like, you know, even if I, I would pick Miami, Philly, Milwaukee all to beat mm-hmm. them, but it's still like you're gonna have your hands full for seven games trying to beat them. So that's just you know, that that's tough. Uh, well, let's just go there yeah. real quick. Just because I don't know how many people realize just kind of how far the Nets have fallen. They're below 500 now on the season. They've lost four in a row. I believe they're three in like seven, seven yep. in their last 10. Yeah. Um, they are in a tie with Charlotte and Atlanta for the eight, nine, 10 seed. Only two games up on the Wizards for falling out of the play in entirely. And the Wizards just got Chris Tapps Porzingis uh, made his debut with them yesterday. Uh, it was very funny. He said, um, I'm excited to be a wizard. And that spawned a whole bunch of, you're a wizard, Chris Tapps <laughs> uh, uh, memes out there. So, Which Chris Tapps Porzingis sounds like a Harry Potter like wizard does. name. So I'm kind of in on that. So, um, But yeah, it's, man, that's tough. You know, I, I, I could the Nets miss the, the play-in? Like, is it completely inconceivable, like, that they, they missed the play-in? We're only going to have Kyrie in seven of their final 17 games, I think it is. Six of 17 or something like that. Like, yeah, they've got 10 more home games left. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's 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 tough. We'll see if the Wizards are able to surge. I, I do like the the Porzingis sure. Harry Potter thing. Expecto Porzingis, I think, needs to, needs to maybe become a thing there. But... Um, <laughs> But I think when I'm looking at these teams, I look at the teams that are in the plan, Toronto, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Atlanta, we can argue maybe they shouldn't be there too. But when I look at those teams, if everybody's healthy, Brooklyn's in a different tier, right? I mean, talent wise, they should be in a different tier. So I I think at the end of the day, talent wins out. Kevin Durant coming back, that's going to matter. Jason Tatum outdueled him yesterday. That was, that was a fantastic game. It was a blast to watch that one. But I think, over the long term, the remaining however many games they have left on the schedule here, if they've got KD in their lineup, they're probably going to win more than they lose, I'd have to imagine. And so I think that will help stabilize things. And then perhaps Ben Simmons gets incorporated. And we can talk about that too, what's going on with him and that, that 76ers sure. game that we've been discussing. But I, I ultimately think Brooklyn will hang on, but it is, it's got to be a little bit worrisome if you're a Nets fan, because how terrible would that be to now not even make the play in if Washington goes on a run with Porzingis. Yeah, I think they still make the play. And I'm starting to think we may not be completely crazy to see them in the eight spot. Mm-hmm. Have to play Toronto without Kyrie. I would favor Toronto probably in that game. Then they'd have to go home to face the winner of Charlotte Atlanta without Kyrie. Like in the way the Hawks and the Hornets can shoot the ball, and the way the Raptors play know. defense. Those are games where, yeah, if they could hound Kevin Durant into a tough shooting game and then the Hawks or the Hornets just have one of those games where, you know, they make 20-something three-pointers and they're, you know, playing lights out, all of a sudden, you know, we could be no nets in the playoffs. And that would be, you know, what a major upset that would be. I don't think anybody would have predicted that before the uh, start of the season. So, you know, just just crazy. But, yeah, all right, let's go to Simmons because we're already talking about the nets. So, Ben Simmons – uh, will I, I'm shocked by this. He's not going to play against the 76. Not shocked by that part, but I'm shocked that he will travel to Philadelphia with the team. 
Yeah. That's surprising. I mean, that to me, that's and maybe he just stays in the back or something, but I would have to imagine he'll be out there on the bench with his team. That's going to create, I, I mean, a, an incredible environment there, a, a raucous environment in Philly. I can imagine the things that are going to be said to him when he's there, the things that are going to be chanted from the crowd, all sorts of things that are going to be coming. Philadelphia fans feel a, a certain way about Ben Simmons, and perhaps they're, they're justified in feeling that way. But mm-hmm. that is going to add to the tension that's already there for that game to the point where like looking at it from just a security standpoint, if I was a, a secure, if I was security personnel working in that game, I would not be happy about, about this news that Ben Simmons is indeed going to be there in the building because that could create a, a tough situation to try to manage. So we'll see what winds up actually happening. But again, this was not the outcome I was predicting. I was thinking he doesn't play and he doesn't go. Yeah, that's where I was too. I didn't think he'd even go. Um, you know, I've said over and over again, I don't think he'll ever play another game there again, uh, unless it's a playoff game. So, you know, let's let's see how this comes out. But yeah, it's a little weird to even just bring it. Like I said to you off air, maybe just let's try to get this over with, right? Let's just bring him in and and see if we can get past this first, you know, thing. But nothing's gonna. I mean, we saw the way the Celtics fans every time Kyrie Irving touched the ball, um, they very loudly booed him, uh, and then they were uh, saying unkind things. I won't repeat uh, towards the end of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Simmons is gonna get that exact same treatment. So let's let's see how that goes for. For the Nets, but I mean, mostly I think the Nets will be like, whatever, we have KD and Kyrie available. Let's just go. That should still be one heck of a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you saw Kyrie's comments on social media going around yeah. uh, about the ex-girlfriend thing or, or whatever. I was like, it doesn't even make sense because no. nobody wanted him to stay <laughs> by the end. No. You know, after the nonsense he pulled in the Milwaukee series, everyone was like, all right, we're done. Go be, be gone with you. Yep. Like that was... You know, so yeah, he's just, you know, Kyrie says a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move to Zion. Zion Williamson back to the Nor- to New Orleans to rehab there. Now he's been rehabbing in Portland, and now he's heading back to New Orleans to start to rehab there. Is that I mean, it feels like this is a step towards a potential Zion return at this point. And I mean that's gotta be the Pelicans have been yeah. playing a lot better lately. Mm-hmm. If the Pelicans suddenly get Zion back, and again we a big if because who knows what his health's going to be and all that but that could change the dynamic of at least the play in tournament on the the western conference side of things if zion is now back in the mix yeah absolutely i mean right now there it's increasingly looking like it'll be them and lakers mm-hmm. in that first playing game that 9 10 with the chance then to advance into the playing for the eight seeds so that's you know, you put Zion in that mix and that all of a sudden starts to become, you know, maybe you start to tilt maybe towards the Pelicans slightly in that matchup. I, you know, let's see if AD's back. I mean, there's still, we still get a lot of time before that would be the case. But a week ago, I would have said, no, no way Zion plays this year. I figured it was done. I probably did say it on here. Um, now, let's see. I'm curious. I do wonder, is there even a little bit like, yeah, I mentioned it a lot because it was a thing that happened. Do you bring him back like the Pacers did with Paul George after he broke his leg? Get him back. Let him get a little bit of comfort. Feel a little bit of confidence. So then that's not a thing you have to do next year, right? So you've already passed that hurdle. You can hit the summer with a full work schedule and everything else. So, uh, yeah, really curious to see how that one plays out. Maximum drama would be Lakers slide to 10. 
and that game takes place in the play-in in New Orleans with Davis and <laughs> Zion back and a, the draft Ooh. pick on the line. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that funny. Would be, that would be pretty funny. Fun, funny is it's not the It's very word funny, would, too. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it would be funny for yes. me. Uh, and everybody who's not a Lakers fan, Pelicans fan. One of the things that was interesting was some, I, I wish I could remember who put this on Twitter, was Eric, one of my favorite subplots is all these Lakers, Pelicans, Grizzlies people have to watch the uh, Wizards uh, standings watch to see where they fall because, mm-hmm. you know, if they both end up in the lottery, they you know, but finish ahead of the Lakers, they push the Lakers further down and all that stuff. So I just think that's, that's kind of comical as well. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things, and we're going to do this pretty soon. We're going to take a look at future draft picks and all that. See kind of what goes where, but it's, um, it's one of the subplots certainly to what's going on right now around the NBA. Um, speaking of players returning, let's go to Draymond Green. Now, seven to 10 days from returning, hasn't played since mid January, dealing with back issues. He's got some leg stuff going on as well. But Draymond getting back in the mix, you know, the Warriors have not looked like themselves. They've lost now four in a row, mm-hmm. including the loss to, to my Lakers. And now Draymond getting closer to coming back. That, th- that'll that go a long way towards fixing some of the defensive issues that they've had recently. They were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I still think they've got that in them. Draymond coming back will make a, a big impact for them. So, again, nice to hear that he's he's close to returning. Yeah, it's funny you brought up the defense, and that's absolutely true. But they are also in a position where they need him on offense because I think people have forgotten, overlooked, uh, maybe a little bit of both. He is their de facto point guard. Stephen Curry works off the ball a lot. Yes, he might bring the ball up, but he almost immediately gives it up when he crosses half court. And what's made them dangerous for this entire, what, uh, you know, almost decade long run now is that they run those plays where it's like Curry and Thompson chasing each other through screens. And then the defense gets scrambled because it's, do I fight through? Do I help? Do I switch? What do I do? Well, Draymond's kind of the trigger man at the top of the key running that whole show with where the ball's going to go to and everything else. And they really, really miss that because they don't have anybody who replaces that on their roster at all who can do what he does offensively. So that's, that, that's been, been big. They, it's been a struggle. Like you said, they've lost four in a row. Uh, only the Grizzlies stumbling weirdly to the Houston Rockets yesterday uh, has them still just by percentage points ahead of the Grizzlies uh, for second place in the Western Conference. But I mean, that it's done. No one, nobody's catching mm-hmm. Phoenix. Now they, they've got an eight game lead. So they're, they're going to coast into the, to the one seed. And again, if you're the, the Warriors or the Grizzlies, you're kind of looking at it and saying there, well, where do I want to be? Right. You know, do, do, do I want to be, one, do I want to be two? Uh, am I better off being three and playing, uh, you know, Dallas or Denver in the first round? Like, do you know, where, where do I want to go with this? I guess my guess is that they would rather be two and have the Wolves mm-hmm. make it through uh, that first, that first uh, playing spot and get the seven spot. And that's no knock on Minnesota. I just think teams would rather play them than play the, uh, you know, play the Clippers or, you know, definitely not the Lakers, not just even the Lakers down. It's I've said it before. I'll continue to say LeBron on the other side for seven games is not something you want to deal right. with. Yeah, agreed. And so it'll be interesting to see if you get a little bit of kind of a mini tank race there between the Grizzlies and the, yeah. and, uh, and the Warriors. And we'll see what winds up happening with, with that one. But Draymond Green coming back, I think, does indeed help them out quite a bit. Yeah, big time. Uh, we do have some minor transaction stuff to get into, but I guess before we get there. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lakers. <laughs> just, just, just Lakers. There's, there's, there's a, I've got it in my notes here. Just Lakers. There's a million things that are going on that have been coming out. I guess we'll start with, so Phil Jackson was at the game against the the Warriors the other night. Everybody made a big deal about it. Like, hey, there's Phil. I saw Lakers fans saying, could he be their next coach? <laughs> He's 76 yeah. years old. <laughs> He is not going. Yeah. He's not going to be there. Next I saw a lot of can you coach tonight? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not happening. But apparently, he does have some some power now again within the organization, or at least Genie Bus does rely on him for some of the decision making and and some some input. So that's something to factor. So now we're talking about in terms of the Lakers' inner circle, if you will, or, or whatever you want to call it. No surprise, it's all people from the Lakers family tree. It's Magic Johnson. Bill Jackson, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, and the Rambi, um, <laughs> Linda and Kurt Rambis. Those are essentially the the decision makers now for the Lakers. I, Keith, I, I don't really know what to make of this. These are these are mostly people that have had success at the at the basketball level in terms of decision making and things like that some time ago. Not people who have had recent success in the NBA. Aside from you know they obviously won a championship not that long ago, but it's people who really stake their claim in the league for stuff that they did years and years ago. So from the outside perspective, what's, what are your thoughts on, on that? Like Phil Jackson getting involved, things didn't go well with him with New York. I Lakers fans revere Phil Jackson and rightfully so for his coaching, but I can't look at this and say, Oh, this is a big positive for the Lakers moving forward. Yeah. I mean, we heard a lot about his, the end of his tenure in New York that he wasn't overly interested in scouting and those things. I mean, he was old then he's older now. Like, I just can't imagine that what he wants to be doing is, you know, hey, yeah, let me check out this, you know, G League player for a call up or, you know, let me check out this kid who's, you know, on, a, you know, East West Directional State in their conference tournament. Like that's, you know, so what what is he offering? You know, if it's just a kind of more like magic where it's like, a, I don't want to say ceremonial, but more of a, um, you know, Hey, you know, kind of run it by you one last time, you know, one one kind of layer of this, you know, what do you think is, you know, guys who have been good stewards of the franchise and know what it means to be Lakers, right? Then sure. Like that part, you know, I don't have any issue with that. Every franchise has some layer of that somewhere. Um, But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. My guess is that was probably a little overblown. You know how much it's going on. It's probably more along the lines of, Hey, you know, when, if we want to replace the coach, like what's, when's the best time? What do you think with this kind of just, you know, leaning on his years of experience in the NBA with that, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, none of it's good, I guess <laughs> that's not a, a good thing, you know, and, and I never want to hear with front offices when it's, you know, 
you rattled off a list of like eight people. Mm. Like, no, it should be your decision maker or that be title be general manager, president of basketball operations, whatever it is, and your owner. Those need to be the two people that are, you know, making the final decisions. You don't need to have 15 other layers of involvement because that just gets gets messy. Yeah, you you have staffs, you lean on them, you trust their opinions, but it should be two people and just go. So yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm just not sure you know how this happens too many cooks in the in the kitchen sometimes um this is yep. and this is coming from the athletic from a piece there by sam amick and, and bill Oram. um the, the discussion about phil jackson kind of his involvement all that and like you said if it's just kind of a hey you call him up every now and then hey phil look this is the situation what do you, what's your thought on this that's different yeah. than hey today's our, our weekly meeting let's discuss what we're going to do but you know at, at the during the off season, let's set forth plans. That's a different kind of role than just, hey, let me bounce this off you every now and then. So there are some degrees there that we have to consider in terms of exactly how involved that he is. Um, more drama involving Russell Westbrook, which we need to discuss. Um, now, I mean, we've heard that there were those in the coaching staff that wanted Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, wanted him more running with the second unit, and Frank Vogel pushed back against that. We've talked a little bit about why that's – I think that's actually probably the right decision. But um, in terms of pushing back on that, Frank Vogel resisting that. But now it, the little tidbit came out that, hey, the Lakers coaching staff was behind the push to get Russell Westbrook out at the trade deadline. They were wanting the Lakers to do the deal with Houston and get John Wall instead – and that, that immediately, the the thing that popped into my head was how rough are things behind the scenes if the Lakers coaching staff believes that a guy who hasn't played this year is going to be yeah. a, a better alternative to Russell Westbrook, although we do have to note that things have been so bad that they, they're all on the hot seat. Is it just change something because we got to try something, otherwise we're, we're gone? Like that has to be noted. But still, that suggests yeah. that behind the scenes, the rumors that we've been hearing lately about there being tension between Lakers and the coaches do seem to be accurate. There's a lot of smoke there. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that part of it. And I think my guess is it was probably a lot less about getting John Wall than it was the addition of by subtraction of not having Russell Westbrook anymore. Because you don't have him, then you don't even have to talk about putting him on the mm -hmm. bench and all these other things that go into it. So, yeah, I do think that is, uh, you know, part of it, right? I, I think that is kind of um, where that goes. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough. And, you know, now we'll say on the flip side, he did play Fairly well. I thought Saturday night, I sure. thought he was super aggressive. Thought he attacked the rim the way you really want to see him doing it. The problem is, I just don't know that he has that in him to do that every other night for 82 games anymore. I just, I don't think he, you know, just like I'm not taking anything away from LeBron because he was incredible Saturday night. But like LeBron can't do that yeah. every night anymore. I mean, nobody can, first of all. I mean, that you know would be, you know, Will Chamberlain did that once in a season. That's when he was, you know, a foot taller than half the guys he played against. But I look at it as we gotta stop expecting Russ to be the Russ of 10 years ago, because he's not going to be. But that doesn't mean he can't be better than what he was. So just you know, and this says even more so to me, the Lakers that when they go into next season. They're going to have LeBron, AD, probably THD. And then the most of the rest of that roster will probably be mm -hmm. different. And a new coaching staff. And we'll see about the front office. 
we'll see how that goes. But I, I think without a doubt, new coaches, bunch of new players, and then yeah, we'll go from there. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Last thing on the Lakers, I promise we're not going to do a whole show just on Lakers stuff, even though we could. <laughs> um, I do have a whole other channel for that over Lakers Nation. But Vogel, again, according to The Athletic, essentially this is the scenario for him to keep his job. Most, most likely he's going to be gone. But if he were to make the second round of the playoffs or the Western <laughs> Conference Finals, you know, that could keep his you're job. You're not going to let me... You didn't even pause and let me get my my crack in there that oh, I said to you before we started. Second round of the play second in. Second round of the play in. Second <laughs> round of the play in might be doable, but second round of the playoffs, which means based on where the Lakers are sitting right now, that means going through the Phoenix Suns in round one and getting to the second round of the playoffs. Or and then they added in that little or maybe the Western Conference. So this is where I see it, right? Because the Lakers they only gave Frank Vogel a one year extension. That is not a huge vote of confidence to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty clear that they're they're going to make a move. So I like that it's second round or maybe it's the Western Conference Finals. So I could see where like something goes crazy <laughs> and yeah. and somehow they get to the second round of the playoffs, then the Lakers are going to say, "Oh no, no wait, no. We're Western Conference Finals. You got to get to the Western Conference Finals." To, <laughs> no, that was that, that was uh all right, so you leave it all on the floor to win the first round mm-hmm. and then you get to the second round and get hammered 4-0 and destroyed in all four games yeah that still wasn't enough yeah. you gotta go like that that's what that was that was a you know we, we can't have you just uh you know putting it all out there just to you know win one series in the first round but yeah it's i mean i have my doubts that that would even yeah. be enough like I, I i don't i just i just think it's you eventually go too far down a path with these things and yeah, they won a title only a couple of years ago, but I think we're now we're too far down that path, and they're just you know it's probably best for everybody to just change, move on, and, and go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Mike Budenholzer looked done with the with the box. Yeah. And then they won a championship, and, and here we are. And they're off. And so, I mean, yeah. crazy things do happen. And it's not crazy that they won a championship. But sometimes when sure. it looks like a situation is totally over and done, things happen, and that that equation changes, but it really does feel like the Lakers are moving in a direction. That's going to take them away Mm -hmm. from Frank Vogel. I've been saying for a while now, and I think this is not a stretch. If Jason Kidd hadn't gone to the magic or the Mavs, he would be coaching the Lakers right now. They would have made that move mid season. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you on that for sure. Okay. Let's get into some of our transactions. So the Spurs convert Devonte Haycock, who spent a number of years with the Lakers uh, on, on two way deals and Joe Weiskamp to standard deals, and they signed DJ, is it Stewart? Yep, DJ Stewart Jr. and Robert Woodard, the second, uh, to two-way deals. So Spurs basically 
filling out their last couple regular mm-hmm. roster spots. They had a couple openings after they they did their trade deadline shuffles and then bought out Goran Dragic and uh, Tomas Sadoransky. Um, so they they took care of two of their own. And the Spurs have done this a couple times now, where they've converted guys um, who were on two ways with them, and you know, good for those guys for in those spots. And then they get a look at Stewart and, and Woodard the rest of this year. Woodard. Uh, you know, was with the Kings for a couple first couple years of his career. So there's some potential there. You know, if, if kind of Spurs are one of those teams, if someone's going to find it in a guy, they, they tend to be the ones that find it. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, not super high odds, but don't, don't just kind of turn your nose up at these and, and move along. You know, interesting though, with Kaycock and uh-huh. Weisskamp, just straight conversions, not no extra years added on for either player. It was just straight conversions for the rest of this year. So they'll both uh, be eligible for restricted free agency after this season. I get my guess is, and I'm really taking that as a sign as the Spurs are going for their maximum amount of cap space this off season. Otherwise you would have given yourself the option to keep either guy for you know an additional year. They know, Hey, we're clearing the decks. We're going to go full cap space and see what we can do this summer and i don't think either guy is at a point where it would be from the player's side where they would push back and say no we only want to do the rest of the season because i want to hit free agency this offseason um yeah no not they're not at that level uh or yeah they're not like lou dort was or and even lou dort didn't end up doing that he's still his name is so great Lou Dort. It's just, it's just fun to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh Armani Brooks, 10 day with the Raptors, and they wind up waving uh DJ Wilson. So the Raptors shuffling some things there. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting with that one is DJ Wilson was on a 10-day, got hurt, um, and wasn't gonna be able to play for the rest of the 10 days. So rather than be in a spot where they're just putting them on the inactive list each night. Uh, the Raptors are dealing with some injuries. OG Ananobi's out with a broken finger. Uh, Fred Van Vliet has been out for quite a bit now with, with a, a knee injury. Sounds like he's getting close, but Malachi Flynn is also out, so they needed another guard. Uh, they started Scotty Barnes at point guard last night, and it went fairly well. A little little messy at times. But anyway, they need one more guard, another shooter. So DJ Wilson gets away. But in this case, he still gets his full 10-day uh, amount as if he completed it. It's just called an early termination. And that's what happens. He gets his, gets paid his full amount, but they, they're able to refill that spot. All right. And then lastly, we've got Haywood Highsmith gets a three-year deal with the Miami Heat. Uh, I would imagine, I haven't looked at the deal, but I would imagine that there's some non-guaranteed years in there yeah. but this is you know the heat trying to bring in yep. young town this is what miami does we've talked about this in the past uh yeah. and robinson's a good example of this and yep. uh sometimes they yep. they've struck gold this way so don't don't ignore this yeah duncan robinson max Struess, omary mm-hmm. at seven uh yeah gabe vincent yeah if the if the heat do it definitely keep an eye on this uh, the rest of the way because this could you know it would not at all surprise me if in a year from now and where'd this highsmith guy come from that's getting rotation minutes for miami all of a sudden so because they 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 i said the spurs you know something raises your eyebrow when they do it when the heat do a move like this yeah it certainly says to me all right this there's something here Mm -hmm. this guy can play at least a little bit all right i think that's it that's everything i've got on my my show doc here for today we made it that's it. All we right. did. We're there. Caught up from the weekend. All right. Well, as we said, we're excited for the playoffs coming up. That's going to be a good time. And a lot of the a lot of the storylines, a lot of the things that are happening right now are going to lead us into those playoffs. So make sure if you haven't done so already that you are subscribing right here to the NBA front office show over on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications. 
And of course, if you're over on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. I like going in and, and reading those, and they really do help us out. Leave us a review and, per, and preferably a five-star rating as well. We'd certainly appreciate that over on Apple Podcasts, or of course, you can, you can give us a rating over on Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.